I saw Infinity Pool. The Brandon Cronenberg film. Mm. Which... uh, I've been hearing good things. Yeah. And, you know, it's another one of those movies that you really have to want to see and be into this exact kind of movie. If you're not, this is just not going to be up your alley. If you've seen any of his movies, like, I was a huge fan of Possessor, but he kind of has even more of a cynical look at things than his dad David Cronenberg did, which is kind of interesting because I'm like, this stuff could get really dark. But, you know, Brandon Cronenberg kind of mixes sci-fi horror and surrealism, but in a realistic way. Like, David Cronenberg's films are kind of outlandish sometimes, you know, head-exploding type of deal. (laughs) Brandon's are much more grounded in reality. So this film stars... Uh, Alexander Skarsgård and Mia Goth um, and takes mm-hmm. place on this fictitious remote kind of third world country where there's one single luxury resort where people where the elite go and they stay and they have a good time but you can't leave the confines of the resort because it's too dangerous um, I don't even know how to talk about this movie without really spoiling <laughs> it but through a series of situations Alexander Skarsgård meets Mia Goth he is kind of a failed, failing writer. She says she's a huge fan of his. They strike up this kind of relationship and they become friends. It has a lot to do, uh, or a lot in common with the film Speak No Evil, where you're like, vacation friends, is there something fishy going on here? They sure. seem okay. Uh, the uh, Mia Goth and her husband take uh, Alexander Skarsgård and his wife off the resort and through another series of uh, circumstances and incidents, uh, Alexander <laughs> Skarsgård uh, commits a very horrible crime and they're trying to figure out what to do about it. And basically they're like, don't call the police because if you do, they're going to kill you, basically. Like, that's what goes yeah. on. He finds his, himself in the police station at one point and this is where things start to go off the deep end because at this point it's been a really grounded, mostly a thriller and then things start sure. to get weird. And I guess this is a spoiler. I don't know how to talk. I don't think you're ever going to watch this movie. So I'm just going to spoil this yeah, part. I don't think so, so if you want to watch Infinity Pool blind, don't listen to this. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. The police are like, we're going to execute you. And he's like, oh, uh, okay. But they're like, <laughs> like you but do. what we can do is we have the ability to make a complete copy of you, consciousness and all, and we can execute them instead because we just need a, it's a corrupt system and they just want money ah, for yeah. a price and so it becomes this existential perverse kind of it's the the prestige conundrum exactly and he witnesses himself get murdered and it's this crazy kind of mm. what's enough for the elite class once you've done everything else Sure. Like what when things go crazy and people offer you these things, will you take it? And it's obviously, a, you know, an ethical dilemma film and, you know, an eat the rich type of film and very nihilistic. Sure. But my God, he has his hand around the throat of this style of film that is his own thing. Like if you've seen Possessor. So was this, it woo, to, to simplify, was it good? Like, I, I loved this movie. It is surreal okay. a lot of your comments were like it's very like stylistic and it's very of yes particular choices <laughs> and i was like so like where do you land on no this it is amazing but i could see how everyone would hate it like it's so specific yeah. um mia goth is just astonishing like she is 
firmly yeah. in the one of my favorite performers. She just gets it. She gets the assignment. Um, and this movie is gross. It is disturbing. It is dark. <laughs> but it is... And it's Cronenberg. It's Cronenberg. Yeah. And it, it's fantastic. So if that appeals to you, check it out. It's I don't think it's going to play for very long, but my God... There's no other filmmaker like this doing these types of like sci-fi horror surrealist experimental craziness. So, um, big fan of Infinity Pool. Was not a fan of the three teenagers who walked in talking on FaceTime in the middle of the the movie. That that oh. was terrible. But I was so into the movie that I was like, whatever, we'll let it slide. Um, so yeah. And Alexander Skarsgård, man, going from the Northmen to this, I heard an interview with Cronenberg where he's like, we wanted to give him a little break, you know, bring him out to the nice weather. And then it turned out he still had to be naked in like four degree weather. And so, <laughs> sorry, Alex. But uh, so, yeah, man, Infinity Pool, huge fan. Can't wait to see what Cronenberg does next. Um, I yeah. don't think it's ever occurred to me until this moment that Bill Skarsgård and Alexander Skarsgård are different people. Yeah. And they're brothers. And son of yeah. Stellan Skarsgård. <laughs> well, I knew the son of Stellan Skarsgård thing. And I, I assume, that like, now that I'm, like, thinking about it, I'm like, obviously, yeah. But, mm-hmm. like, I think in my head, I just kind of, they were interchangeable. Weird. Interesting. Very oh, different weird. Uh, films, yeah. too. Because, yeah, very yeah. different. But both incredible performers. <laughs> the whole family. I'm like, how the, what the, what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, weird. So yeah, what what have you been checking out this week, Willis? Um, well, I was checking out Alexander Skarsgård <laughs> as uh, uh, Mikas in Zoolander. Um, <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, one of the models. Oh Throwback way back Holy there. Crap. Um, that's actually true. I watched Zoolander a couple weeks ago, and I was like, "Is that?" Is that- <laughs> but uh, other than that, um, I finally got around to watching Elvis. Yes, you did. Which I think you've seen my uh, my letterbox review of. I um, certainly have. Yeah. Austin Butler is everything in this movie. Yeah, he fucking is Elvis. Like, come on. <laughs> he he like as weird as I feel about it because I'm like I I feel like I went into this with like a weird not being ready to like it. Well, I was so negative on it. So you are yeah. very negative about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and like I don't have any like. I've never seen Austin Butler in anything before, so I had no idea what his skills level was going to be or anything. Like, I had no idea what to expect, sure. but it was not, I was not expecting a lot because like yeah. modern Boz is, is modern bottles. Boz Lerman is like not as strong as he once was. And the, so I was kind of like, okay, like I have to check this box for the Oscars and yeah, Austin to, after my 20 minutes of requisites here, like <laughs> Austin Butler carries this movie. Yeah. He's incredible. Yeah. It's so good. Like, and that's about for me, the only thing it's got going for it. <laughs> yeah. Like if he was bad in this movie, I wouldn't have made it all the way through. It would have been unwatchable. I could not stand Tom Hanks. Yes. The whole time I'm like, that is Tom Hanks in a fat suit doing a weird accent. I never yeah. was like, here's this character. I'm like, that is Tom Hanks in a fat suit doing a weird accent. Like why? Like yeah. why Tom Hanks? I don't get it. Right. I guess you need like a, a star power of something attached to it. Um, he's your narrator. But he's your narrator. And I kept like after a while, because every time I saw him, I was like, that's Tom Hanks in a fat suit. I started thinking about like who would have done this better. And like there are a bunch of people. I don't know why Paul Giamatti is who I like landed on and like oh. kind of got obsessed about. 
like he would have killed this. And like, yeah, very much so. I, it's just, I don't, I don't, I couldn't get past Tom Hanks. And like, if that doesn't work, then the rest of it doesn't work for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause he's your narrator. And like, so he's your narrator. A, I don't buy him, but B also like, I don't trust him from the beginning. Right. He starts it going like, oh, well, this, you know, is how some people said it. This is how I say it. But, uh, and I'm like, so you're a liar. Like, why should I believe anything you're saying right now? And like, right. And then the starting, movie went on for three right, hours. Like, starting with an unreliable narrator. Yeah. So you know that a lot of this might not be accurate. And then yeah. just going from there is a weird place to start a biopic. Um, <laughs> so I, I completely agree with you. It just. Yeah. So I, I mean, it was. I it's not terrible. It. It's not bad. No, no, no. I think a lot of the themes and stuff that it was trying to put across just got kind of muddied, and I think that's kind of Baz Luhrmann's style of like, yeah, you know, uh, cinematography and story structure and stuff kind of getting in the way of what he was trying to tell. Absolutely. Um, because like, I don't know. I don't know what I was supposed to to pull away from it. Like, I don't yeah. know how I was supposed to feel about Elvis. Um, right. So I don't know. I was kind of like, check the box. I have an appreciation for Austin Butler's like contention in the best actor category. Yep. Uh, but I'm like, yeah, I'm check the box. So. Right. Butler deserves the nom. He's, yeah. he's that good. Yeah. Like he's yeah. that good. <laughs> and he is just kind of Elvis now. Like they're, they're. <laughs> The, the biggest thing I can say is at the end when they're intercutting it with actual footage of Elvis. Oh, yeah. I like had a little bit of a hard time being like, wait, is this Elvis or is this Austin Butler? Which is like pretty yes. impressive. Especially late stage Elvis. Like mm -hmm. that whole sequence at the towards the last third of the movie is just astonishing because yeah. it's such a, a switch up. And, and all of the performances in general, I'm like, this guy embodied Elvis is a very difficult person to try and portray because it's sure. the charisma mixed with the talent and mixed with a very specific way of talking and moving. And he just did the, like, I'll say what I will about Baz Luhrmann, but holy crap, those performance scenes. Yeah. Absolutely unbelievable Incredible. stuff. Yeah. Like next level stuff. <laughs> yeah. And the thing that, here's the other thing that bothered me. This is why I always do is like, I'm like, Oh, and also this and also this. And then we've been talking for 45 <laughs> minutes. Yeah. Um, but the only other thing I'll say is I feel like he got really fixated on certain things mm. and then blew past a ton of other stuff. Definitely. Like he makes this whole big deal about like you have to like rehash your image and, you know, we're going to do this. You're going to join the army and you're going to go to war. And like while you're at war, I'm going to like work and make what needs to happen for you to be an actor in Hollywood. And I'm like, all right, cool. Like setting up the thing. And then we jump, not only we jump over, not only the serving in the military, but the whole going yeah. to Hollywood thing. We just come in where he's a failed actor. And I'm like, so that like, whole thing that you spent 20 minutes, like building this, like why we're going into this situation, you've just blown past to get to another, like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I think I just don't like Boz Lerman anymore. That could be it. His like, style of storytelling is just all over the place. And I totally agree where I'm like, we don't even like all of a sudden we're at Graceland and I'm like, Oh, that's, yeah. I didn't even realize it at first. I'm like, Oh, we're in Graceland. This is Graceland. Yeah. But they didn't even mention it for a second. And you're like, Oh my God. 
And like, I, it's this. the same kind of thing. And I guess like looking at it, he doesn't have a ton of directorial like credits to his name. Yeah. You know, I mean. What Gatsby, Moulin Rouge. Well, so like going back, we got Elvis and then Gatsby was his previous one before this. I mean, he's done other. He's got a lot of like, here's other things here and there. Shorts, episodes of music TV, video. Et yeah. 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 Um, but he's got Elvis before that was the great Gatsby before that was Australia. Before that was Moulin Rouge and before that was Romeo and Juliet. Like, oh, he really and he spreads those out. Yeah. I mean, we're looking six years. Well, and his first one, Strictly Ballroom, was 92. Okay. Uh, Romeo and Juliet was 96. Moulin Rouge was 2001. Australia was 2008. Gatsby was 2013. And now Mm -hmm. it's 2022 for Elvis. Like, yeah, it's weird. He has this (sighs) top tier like vibe that is just. He's just writing because he puts out one thing every, you know, and and like he'll write it too because like Elvis is like not terrible. Right. And like it's going to be, you know, it's all over the Oscar conversation. So he'll come back again in six years and be like, hey, hey, here's another weird, strange adaptation of something that, you know, doesn't really work, but everyone thinks it does. Yeah. So I'm on board. So Elvis. Yeah. (laughs) So Um, Elvis. I suppose. Uh, yeah. Did get me to listen to Elvis's music afterwards, which oh. is always my like metric of a, a good or a bad biopic. Right. Like if I'm like, I gotta listen to some Elvis on the way. Or yeah. if I'm whistling suspicious minds, like yeah. Right. That's a- And it did that. It yeah. did that. Because there was a lot of Elvis music in there. Um and then there yeah. were the parts with like the modern music in it that I was like, what's going on? What is going on? Yeah, yeah. exactly. I just it's it yeah. Messy. Watch it, just I guess, messy. folks, but it is a very strange, messy film. Um, on a similar note, and only because of films that we had to get through for uh, mm-hmm. the Oscars, I watched Triangle of Sadness, which is Ruben Oslin's new movie. Yes. Um, which is his first English language film, which yes. is very interesting. Although some of his other movies dabble in English. but And I'm glad that I saw his other Palme d'Or winners first. So I mm-hmm. saw uh, Force Mayor and The Square, which I both I thought were fantastic. And I liked the Triangle of Sadness as well. I will say it's a little more maybe made for American audiences because mm. there's no reading between the lines. Like you can get things from it, but it's very like this Us is kind of Americans. what you should. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you should kind of, this is what you should be getting out of this. Um, stars Harris Dickens, Shelby Dean, um, Dolly DeLeon. And it's basically another Eat the Rich film where um, these two influencers uh go off on this luxury cruise. I uh, man, I guess there's a kind of a theme here. Um, yeah. <laughs> go off on this luxury cruise on this yacht. Things go awry and they a bunch of rich people end up on this island where they have to fend for themselves. It is really funny. It's way too long, unfortunately. It's probably 30 <laughs> minutes too long. Um but I will say I had a really fun time. The other films that he has are good and they can be fun. But this is the first one where I'm like, you can just basically ride this whole movie in yeah. a good mood because um, it's so absurd. And Woody Harrelson is hilarious and everyone does their part. And um, it's made fan- like phenomenally like Ruben does. But um, it's interesting. I would say if you're going to watch his movies, like obviously you're going to watch this for the Oscars. But sure. like his other movies are are so much better because he's not spoon feeding you the mm. message or the themes. Like this is very rich people suck it's like i get it i know your other movies are about that too i get that and it's very apparent but yeah so 
it's good. It's not the best. I will say Dolly De Leon not getting a nomination after seeing this is insane because she is fantastic in this movie, like next level good. Yeah. Um, as supporting, and I'm like, just that's yeah. There's a couple that I'm like, this this should have been up for. Uh, but I think yeah, I think you're gonna enjoy this movie a lot because I did enjoy it a lot. Do you think uh, as much as you can you can tell? Do you think Jess will enjoy this movie? How does she feel about vomit? <laughs> that is the big qualifier I've heard on the because there movie. is a 15 minute segment where people are just spraying fluids and it's <laughs> funny, but if I was like, okay, man, I need to not maybe watch this. All right, so don't don't watch it over dinner. Definitely don't watch it anywhere near dinner. Although okay. that sequence is so funny. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. It's I. I think she probably would minus that sequence, maybe. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Other than that, it's great. Because she's um, she watched the trailer and she's super excited for it, and I kind of went, I don't know how accessible this is going to be. <laughs> Not to like gatekeep, I guess. But no, like, yeah. It's like a you know. It is far more accessible than his other works, um, and it's a lot more fun too. It's more of like a romping journey, cool. and the characters are just like such asshole. You're like, yes, <laughs> throw these people on an island right now and see what happens. <laughs> so. Um, and that's on prime. You can rent it for like five bucks. So nice. You know, um, I will ride your, these people are assholes comment mm. here, uh, to talk about a documentary that I watched, mm. um, also Oscar nominated. Cause like, I feel like everything we see these days is either going to be like in theaters or Oscar nominated. Cause like, yeah, got a big list to go through. Uh, <laughs> but I watched the documentary, uh, Navalny. I saw it. Yeah. Um, which is really, really good. Yeah. Um, I don't know how familiar you are. It's like he's um, Novani is a uh, political figure in Russia who like was running for president against Vladimir Putin. And I say running in like quotes. Um, yeah. But and Putin poisoned him um, and he almost died. <laughs> he fled to Germany. Holy shit. And it's this whole like thing. And there is a scene I don't know how much I want to spoil it, but there's a scene where he makes a phone call that is like the most unbelievable and stressful thing I've seen in a documentary in a long time. Like I was literally oh, sitting wow. there like, like, Oh my God. I'm making faces dear listener. Um, yeah. Faces yeah, of very... shock and awe where you're just like, I can't believe this is what, like what's unfolding in front of me right now. Right. Um, and it's, it's like really, really interesting to watch um is it um is it more reenactments or as no it's all it's footage? all interview um stuff with him and then mm. i mean he's a political figure who is like highly um like has a huge social media presence he has like millions of followers on like so everything he's, yeah he's so public, like he's, he's filming everything guy. all the time yeah gotcha you know yeah. there's a whole thing where he's uh like filming a tiktok you know, and they're like oh. talking about him filming TikToks and like a Russian political president, ca presidential candidate, like right making a TikTok making of, a TikTok. Uh, you know, sick mouth, uh, lip syncing to American songs. Like it's a whole thing. Good um, Lord. Oh, wow. Okay. This is HBO, right? Yeah. This is HBO. Um, we'll be, I, I'm like, I'm getting more into the documentary like category this year than I think I ever have. And like, this is going to be hard to beat. Yeah. Um, on anything else like interesting yeah we'll see but 
it's a strong category for and usually i'm like oh, what are these but i'm like all of these yeah. are pretty you know pretty decent um well and it, like not to be like whatever but a lot of times a lot of the documentaries are like look at how horrible life is right and it takes right. a lot to go in like okay yeah. like yeah and there is the one i think what the house full of splinters or house yeah. made of splinters um yep is like about orphans and i'm like uh, okay. Yeah, I know. Like, I'll get there, but like, <laughs> might be the last know. one I watch. But like, you know, Fire of Love and Navalny and all the breeze and like, yeah, um, what's the other? All the beauty and all the bloodshed. Um, yeah, the Nan Golden documentary. Yeah, and- like it, it's you know still like the world is kind of horrifying in a thing, and that like Navalny right. was like poisoned. Um, right. But it's like more engaging, I think, than a lot of stuff I've seen before. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a tough category yeah. too. And I'm glad that it we have a spread of really unique um, subjects for the documentaries. So I'm like, yeah. I'm excited to g- make my way through the rest of them once they become available too. So um, that's I think good to know. Three of them are landing good. on uh, HBO Max. Okay. Um, I know All the Breathe is coming to HBO Max. And I think All the Beauty and All the Bloodshed is coming oh, too. Okay. I'm hoping so because uh, I know that was so hard to find. So yeah. Well, that's good. And Novani is currently on. Uh, HBO Max and Fire yeah. of Love is on Fire Disney. of Love is Disney Plus. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Accessible. That's good. Because yeah. documentaries are like, well, you've never heard of it and you can't find it anywhere. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> Yeah. And then I mean there's one big thing we have to talk about here. We do have to talk about it. Um last night. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I was gonna say, and this we'll we'll talk spoilers a little bit too, because sure. I think we should. This'll um, be this'll be spoilery. Yeah. Um yeah. We'll put a qualifier in the show notes. But last night was the third episode of – we record this on Mondays. Uh, it yep. was the third episode of The Last of Us. Yes. Um, kind of a bottle episode, I guess. Definitely. Yeah. Um, it's weird to, like, categorize it like that. Um, yeah. But, yeah, um, just, like, a fantastic, incredible story about two guys falling in love in the apocalypse. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Starring uh Nick Offerman. Nick Offerman and um and the dude from the first season of the White Lotus. Of the, that's exactly what Jess said. <laughs> He's in the first season of the White Lotus. Um Murray, Murray Bartlett. That's what Yes. Yes. Um This was an incredible episode. This was an outstanding hour and twenty minutes of television. Yeah. Like, yeah. We don't get stuff like this very often, even it's on true. some of the best shows. It's true. And I was it's like just surprised, man. I was like, because Last of Us, we're fan, we like it. Yeah. But when you're three episodes in and you're still able to really surprise us with something that's not just really well made, but like not, it, it pushes the story forward in different ways than just yeah. like narrative. And it also makes you think about the situations of this time, or the situations of the time that we're living in now. Yeah. It, it's just, how? How do they just stop and take a breather on episode three and say, here's this beautiful love story in its entirety? Yeah, and like, what an incredible, <laughs> like, move to do it on the third, like, so early to be like, hey, yeah. here's an entire episode that's going to have nothing to do with the plot of this show. Right. Um, I think of uh, Mythic Quest Mm-hmm. They do like really, really good bottle episodes, but those are usually like the eighth one of the yeah. season when you're right. like into it and you're like, okay, like let's breathe for a little bit. This is like, hey, so 
you have the basic setup and now we're going to completely shift away. Right. Um, right. And it's like incredible. I was say I was texting you earlier. I was like, you could add half an hour to this and it could be 100% its own standalone, like wonderful movie. Easily. There's nothing in this that is in any way tied to like the last of us. I mean, like no. in the, like well, their characters from sure. the last of us. Yeah. But like, <laughs> there's no, like, it's not dependent on like the mushroom, like zombies. Nope. Or anything or Joel like that. Or like, Ellie. Yeah. Like literally, I don't think you'd need anything else besides there's a fence that he's put up around this property. Exactly. You know, it's like there exactly. is some kind of external threat where they can't go outside and that's all you need. And that's all you get. And like, right. It's so, so great. And the threat when it comes isn't even the zombies. It's yeah. the marauders and the raiders. And, you know, there's a sequence where it flashes forwards a little bit in time in terms of like where they are. And you do see that Joel and Tess show up. And even that little moment yeah. where it doesn't, you don't need them there, but it shows you also that they've been together, Tess and Joel have been together forever. This was yeah. in like 2005 or six or something. And it's yeah. like, now it's 2023. So it's like, even that little sliver, you can miss it, but you can go like, oh, wait a minute. No, I it know now anchored. that Joel just lost someone who he's been with for almost yeah. 20 years. And that even that tiny little thing is so huge. Yeah. Um, just like gave me chills man it was so good and the writing was so good and the acting it's like choosing nick, nick offerman to be this type of uh, casting nick where, offerman oh. is like a stroke of genius because i at the very beginning i was like mm, is this gonna be like too on brand am i just gonna see right. ron swanson this whole episode and then very much not like very fast very much not yeah yeah incredible yeah. just Watch The Last of Us, guys. Just watch that episode, too, if you don't care about the show. Like, it is yeah. just a good Standalone. short film or feature film, to be quite honest, because it's an hour and 20 minutes. But, um, yeah. yeah, next level stuff. I am so, I can't wait for the rest of this season, dude. I'm so happy. <laughs> Picked up for season two. Yes, of Lights. course. Of course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> After Andor and this, we're like, we're getting good adaptations now of, of yeah. content. And I'm like, oh, this is what it can be, you know. It's curious. We'll have to have a debate at some point about whether or not The Last of Us is like good for a video game adaptation or if like it's because the video game is so good that the video game adaptation is as good. 